the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, it's the Rob Black Podcast. You can hear Rob live every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and talk910.com. Let's do some headline news. She had been believed at the top of his list of possible high court nominees for weeks, and Lena Kagan is indeed President Barack Obama's choice to replace retiring Justice John Paul Stevens. More on the nominee from Fox News Radio's Chris Barnes in Washington. Mr. President, for this honor of a lifetime, thank you so much. As Solicitor General, she's been the federal government's top lawyer, a post for which she won support from liberals and conservatives. The 50-year-old single New York City native who clerked for Justice Thurgood Marshall is known for her political savvy and good sense of humor. But as a high court nominee, she's already taking heat from the right, in part because she's never been a judge, and especially because of her decision as Harvard Law School dean to bar military recruiters from that campus because of the Pentagon's don't ask, don't tell policy. And some liberals falter for her support as Solicitor General of some Bush administration national security policies. In Washington, Chris Barnes, Fox News Radio. Never been judged, 50 years old. She is an ugly woman. That's all I'm going to throw out there for you is my only opinion. Sometimes I don't know nothing about nothing, and all I could ever do is lowest common denominator. That is a pig with lipstick on it. She is ugly. She fell out of the ugly tree and hit every branch on the way down of that tree. Let's bring in Heidi, producer of the Rob Black Show. She has something that she wants to say about this. Heidi? Hey, I was just going to say, um, she. I actually, when I saw the photo of her, yeah. she. Li- I thought she was a man dressed as a woman. I was like, oh, he picked a transgender person to be his (laughs) next Supreme Court judge. So I'm I'm right in saying that. Absolutely. And I'll move on to the next. And I feel mean for that, but it's true. I have nothing else to say. That is truly the definition of pig with lipstick. The economic impact of the Gulf of Mexico's oil leak has been huge already. With much more time to come and much more to come out of this story, story comes to us now from Fox News Radio's Ritz Johnson in New Orleans. If you're a shrimper, oysterman, or fisherman on the Gulf, now is the time when you're supposed to be working on my boat, getting ready for the season to open. Instead, that man and dozens of others were standing in line outside a BP processing center in Venice, not for a job or a check, but to be part of the process. So if you're not in a computer, then I can be able to help you today. Those in line willing to talk say the worst part is not knowing how long they'll be out of business. In New Orleans, Richard Johnson, Fox News Radio. Yeah, the story's getting more hair on it, and like I said, we don't know the economic impacts. It's There's no right answers. You know, it's going to be bad for Florida tourism, but that's going to be good for California. I know you're saying, did you really just say that out loud? I did. I did. And it's going to wreck whole towns, and British Petroleum is going to be paying for this for years and years to come. And down the road, George Clooney's probably going to pay, play a lawyer either attacking BP or defending BP. There's going to be movies made about this oil spill. It is monumental. It's huge. 
The devastation is going to be awful to the ecology. Offshore drilling will continue, and oil consumption in America will continue. Elsewhere, the average price of regular gas in the United States had jumped more than seven cents over a two-week period to two dollars ninety-two cents. One customer in Miami had this comment: A couple of months ago, it was at two seventy-five, two seventy-three, and today, this morning, it's two ninety-five, so twenty cents more. Well, that's pretty good math there. <laughs> that's our math lesson of the day: two seventy-five to two ninety-three, twenty cents more, yeah, give or take. With that said, gas prices act as a tax in America. They really do. We, as a nation, haven't really seen gas inflation in our lifetime. We haven't. Now, again, if you're Rob over 60, you remember when gas was 10 cents. I don't, because I'm not over 60. So I remember when gas was $253 back when I was driving as a teenager. I remember that. So it really hasn't inflated in my lifetime. In my lifetime, I've gone from making three thirty-five an hour scooping ice cream to making tens and thousands of dollars in a, in a minute's decision. My wages have inflated. My home value is inflated. My ego is inflated. A lot of things have inflated in the last thirty years, but gas prices haven't. If gas prices hit four fifty-five, we'll, we'll start talking about staycations instead of vacations. We won't drive on our vacations, but we as a nation, we got. Plenty of fossil fuel in this world, and we consume, we consume, we consume, we consume. And we are hitting in driving season, so you're going to hear the douchebags in the news like, hey, heading into Labor Day weekend, gas is more expensive than last year. We've seen no inflation in gas in our lifetime. None. Probably the greatest invention on earth turns 50 today. The pill. It's 50 years old. Back in 1960, the FDA approved this first oral contraceptive, and health experts say it's changed how women plan their lives. Planned Parenthood President Cecile Richards says women can choose now a vast array of oral contraceptives. When the first pill was approved um, by the FDA 50 years ago, that was there was only one. Now there are more than 70 different kinds of birth control pills that women can access. Something you don't really grasp on the concept here is the pill changed the world. It is one of the greatest inventions of all time. Now, not only because it led to more sex for men without having to use a condom, but it also led to women entering the workforce. It led to women having a decision in how big the family is going to be. My mama had six kids. My mom, when she was 18 years old and pregnant, she thought she could get pregnant by sitting on a toilet. And my mom's stupid. Yes, I know that. My mom is simple. I I love my mama. She's the sweetest person on the planet. But a lot has changed in 50 years. And women, you kick butt. You are the workforce leaders in this day and age. And a lot of that is thank you to the pill. Elsewhere in America, two groups are asking a judge to drop a bioterrorism charge against a Detroit area man. Wait till you hear this story. It's controversial. This man is accused of biting his neighbor. Fox News Radio's Jennifer Kuyper with more. Daniel Allen, who is charged with biting his neighbor's lip, faces not only assault charges, but a bioterrorism charge because he is HIV positive. Two groups are asking that the charge of using a biological substance as a weapon be dropped. And Allen's attorney says it's inappropriate. Yeah, someone is trying to blow up a plane over Detroit on Christmas Day. That's a terrorist. An individual tries to blow up a bomb in the heart of New York City. That's a terrorist. The American Civil Liberties Union of Michigan and Lambda Legal have filed friend of the court brief. They say the bioterrorism charge stigmatizes people with HIV. Jennifer Kuyper, Fox News Radio. I don't know how I really feel about this. 
Is bioterrorism a person who's HIV positive who bites another person? Blood on blood, potential contact? I don't know. I, I don't have an answer on that. But could you imagine being in a position where another man is so mad at you that he decides to bite your lip? I've heard a lot of ridiculous things. I've heard about people cutting off people's hoo-hahs. I've heard about people uh, chewing on people's ears. Uh, Mike Tyson, for instance. But biting another man's lip, man to man, I'm going to bite this person's lip. That's the last thing in my mind that would ever cross my mind during a fight or during a tense moment. I'm going to bite you on the lip. I just don't get it. Anyway, elsewhere and finally, a platinum-selling artist, world activist, and papa. He turns 50 years old today. Before we get to this, who do you think it is? Who do you think's 50 years old? It's it's Again, it ages you and it ages me. Fox News Radio Sabrina Sabah says he shows no signs of slowing down. Paul David Houston was born on this day in 1960, but you might know him better by his other name, Bono. Bono, along with U2, holds the record for most Grammy Awards by a band, 22. And even though the rocker is getting a little older, he has more tours planned and plenty more material for new albums. The Dublin native is rarely seen in public without sunglasses, but it's not because he's mysterious. Bono says he has very sensitive eyes, and if somebody takes his picture, he sees the flash for the rest of the day. Sabrina Sabah, Fox News Radio. That's a little bit of a douche, saying that if someone takes a flash that he sees stars for the rest of the day. He's gotten a little bit douchier as he got older. I remember in 1980, I remember, you know, making out with with a girl to under a blood red sky. Like, this is one of those moments of your lifetime where you go, he's 50? So in 1980, uh, they started coming to, to the forefront. They were heavily influenced by punk rock acts like The Clash and The Jam and The Sex Pistols. And they, you know, they changed their name numerous times. At one point in time, they were known as The Hype. Um, I don't know. That album, Boy in October and War, if you haven't listened to them from 1980 to 1983, those are good albums. They've really held up incredibly well. And that just, again, it shows you that I'm old because I'm saying the album beginning to end was a good album. And Under a Blood Red Sky, if you haven't rented the DVD, do it. It's a good musical concert. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Coming up, phone call from Larry in Oakland. Will Larry disappoint me with stupidity, or will he rise to the occasion with a genius insight into a company? It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m., more stimulating talk. Sports cars and women are expensive. With Rob's help, you can afford them. You're listening to The Rob Black Show on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Coming up, I've got all sorts of content. I got Intel in the news. I got Californication in the news today. What's happening in California? Uh, Two executives are taking big, 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 big bribes. And it's tied towards investing. So there's a lesson there, and I'll, I'll go over that a little later. But first and foremost, 800-345-5639 to get your calls there. Let's go to Larry in Oakland. Larry? Hey, Rob. Hi. I want you to know about Matthew's China Fund. I own it in the light of an uh, article in briefing.com today about Shanghai Index being down and possibly going further down and possibly even dragging the world stock market down. I tend to agree with more stuff than not that comes out of um, – briefing.com. I think their analysts do a very nice job. 
I gave a report today to industry executives this morning on my opinion on the stock market and where new money should go. And I think it should go small cap U.S. I think uh, China's a little bit overplayed right now. I think it's having an awful year. I think it's underperforming other markets. I think there's a trend going on there that people are starting to pull some money out. Um, with that said, if if this fund in particular were to hit $21, $20, I think it's starting to get into buy territory. Long-term, China's story remains the same. The inflation problems that they're having right now that are going to hurt their stock market is telling you that they're growing crazy. They're out of control growing. So long-term, I would accumulate. Short-term, I would book some profits and or expect it to go lower and not cry when it does. Okay, sounds good. Now, with that said, Matthew's China fund is different than China because, you know, they've got some gains in some of these positions. They've got, you know, uh, the ability to say, we think China's too hot, so we're going to pull out a little bit. This is China excluding Japan. Um, you're talking about a good fund manager with a good history with costs that are reasonable and under control, but short term, I think the whole world sees that there's some problems in China. So hopefully you do as well. I think you'll enjoy more up years in the next 10 than down. I think you'll be up more in the next 10 years than down. Um, but yeah, I think China's got some problems right now due to inflation and the U S flu is ultimately you know, morphed into a different type of flu for uh, the European Union. And we seem to be the first coming out of our problems. Will it hit Asia? It will. Will it be dramatic as it was in the United States and uh, Europe? No. But uh, China's trying to control their speed. They're trying to control their growth. So I think a wise man would acknowledge that and say, short-term, my expectations are much, much lower. Thanks for the call. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Three nine to get your calls on the air. Now, by the way, let me repeat a little bit about that. We were talking about Matthew's China Fund, and ticker symbol is MCHFX, MCHFX. And it's a mutual fund that's based here in San Francisco that invests in Asia, excluding Japan. It's a good fund, but he also quoted briefing.com, which is a paid service that does a really good job of, of acting as an institutional research house for individuals. It's expensive, but it is what it is. So anyway, 800-345-5639. What should I talk about? Intel CalPERS, Intel CalPERS, Intel CalPERS. Heidi's pulling for California. I'll come back to the stock in uno momentero. So let's talk a little California. On the run, driving in the sun, looking out for number one, California. Here we come, right back where we started so from. Our state has sued two former CalPERS officials. Now, CalPERS, to the uninitiated, is the California Public Employee Retirement System. And it's one of those situations you work for 20, 30 years and you get a pension until the day you die. Now, during that time, some money goes into investments because they want to get 7 to 10% growth on their, their cash so that they can afford to pay you, you know, 3% year raises. That's why most financial experts say when you hit retirement, you can't take more than 4% out per year. 
because the best you could expect for is 7 to 10% returns. And if you take out 4 plus average inflation of 3, you're looking at 7% returns to stay static. So a guy named Federico Buenestoro and Alfred Villabos are both being accused of engaging in a scheme to win pension business for investment firms that involves improper gifts. The Villa Lobos bank accounts have been frozen. So these are two guys that are being accused of trying to win pension business. Now, what's that mean? That means they're trying to get the state to give them hundreds of millions of dollars to manage or so that they can give it to someone like me to manage for them. Now, state authorities have sued former top California pension fund official Federico Bonestoro and Alfred Villalobos for their role in an alleged scheme to get business for investment firms by giving pension officials luxury trips and other gifts. That's where you get into this crazy rub. Luxury trips and other gifts. Now, for you, the average person out there, do you want the state of California executives involved in, hey, you give me a nice place in Tahoe and I'll send all your money to Rob Black to manage. You don't want that in any way, shape, or form. You don't want your officials to be influenced with gifts and or cash and or hookers. I'll work for all three of them. Now, the civil suit alleges that Buenestraro, chief executive of the powerful California Public Employee Retirement System from 2002 to 2008, took tens of thousands of dollars worth of gifts from Villarobos, now a former Los Angeles deputy mayor who now works as a go-between for investment firms. There's a company that Villalobos was tied to called Arvco Capital Research, and they had got $47 million of undisclosed and unlawful commissions for selling roughly $4.8 billion worth of securities to CalPERS. Now, when you look a little further in this, you know, the guy's bank accounts being frozen, gifts included round-the-world trips, as well as private jet flights for fund executives to attend a New York fundraiser honoring someone from Apollo Group Management. So they're they're flying out to New York to meet the super investor, a guy named Leon Black. They're getting these gifts to go around the world. It's pretty obvious when you see this. They get a free Lake Tahoe condominium. They get numerous names of their their name put on titles of properties. This is the kind of stuff that has to stop. And it turns out that Villa Lobos had gambling problems. This is the type of white-collar crime that destroys people's lives, that destroys California, it raises taxes, it's devastating. This is the type of thing that hurts people's confidence in investing. If I were a judge, I would have these two people executed. You take $95 million from state investors, hey, I'm sorry, killing a a four-year-old girl is bad? I think $95 million is worse. I think white-collar crime doesn't get punished enough in America. If you're a person of color over in the East Bay and you steal someone's television, you get 10 years in prison. If you're a white guy who steals $95 million from the state of California, you get fined in a, and you get put in a white guy's prison. You don't get put in blue-collar prison. You get put in white. That's just wrong. We need to send a message that white-collar crime... You do your time in hard, hard scenarios, and you are like a child molester. In the court system, the worst crime you could be put in jail for is child molestation because you will get the, the, the S knocked out of you. Other inmates will give the justice that the system should have given. It's well-known fact. 
I think we got to start punishing white collar criminals, especially people who rip off people in California. It'll never happen. But damn it, if I were governor, I would make it a top priority. If I was mayor, I'd make it a top priority. I mean, it hurts so many people. I saw that the city of Santa Clara, no, 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 the county of Santa Clara, has have asked parents, pony up $2 million if you want to keep your school systems good. State of California doesn't have the money. Why? Because people like these douchebags are stealing $75 plus million. And they're corrupting the whole system. Like, I should be hired to handle the state's money and investments, not someone who happens to know these guys because they're giving them big kickbacks. It should be performance-related, not who can give you the best townhouse in, in, in Tahoe. The systems are so wrong. And Santa Clara is trying to raise $2 million plus in order to you know fix scenarios like this. And it's just frustrating as all heck to see because we have enough money going out. We have enough money going out in our system. There's no doubt about it in my mind. But we mismanage it. And then we have these this this massive amount of corruption. For instance, parents raised one point six five million dollars for the Cupertino Union School District. They're seeking three hundred fifty thousand more in donations by May fifteenth. And again, it, the tax money should have been enough, but it's not because there's budget shortfalls. Now, four employee unions they've agreed to take five furlough days next year to save two and a half million dollars. And this savings is to restore positions that 18,000 student districts had expected to see cut. Middle school counselors, custodians, library media clerks, classroom teachers. Now, without the furloughs and fundraising, the district's face is about $7.3 million. So the teachers, well, no, no, not just the teachers, but four employee unions have all said, we'll take some furlough days. And the public has said, we'll throw in $2 million, we'll raise $2 million. It's... It's it's sick that we can get stuff done without the government, and we can do it behind the government's back. A whole community is negotiating with teachers and with janitors and, and what have you. Educators. You're supposed to call them educators, not teachers. Cupertino District issued 115 notices of potential layoffs. They announced they increased classroom size from 28 to 1 to 30 to 1, and parents rallied. And bless the parents for that, but man, those white-collar criminals, they need to be put to death. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. Coming up, I'm going to talk a little intel and give you some more investment ideas, maybe even an investment theme or two tides towards death. 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulated talk. Does money buy happiness? Well, do big houses, nice cars, and hot women make you happy? Then, yes, money definitely buys happiness. The Rob Black Show on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I do wildly appreciate it. Let's go to phone calls, 800-345-5639. It's Michael in Sunnyvale. Michael? Yes, sir. Um, uh, I've been uh, contributing to a Vanguard fund since 1996. The initial price was 3500 bucks. Right now, it's worth approximately 162000 But over the years, I've contributed 107000 And uh, the way I figured it, that only, uh, that's only about $1,000 a year over the 14 years. I was wondering, do you have any insights as to what would be a comparable fund and would it be worth it? Well, it's it, it's a comparable fund itself. 
It's the S&P 500, ultimately. It's the Vanguard Index 500. Correct. So in 1996, you probably could have bought it for about $45 a share. Right now, it's at about $102 a share. Correct. You've probably contributed more money or you've made more money than you think because you've probably reinvested the dividends, is my Correct. assumption. Correct. So your rate of return is probably higher than it than you think. It's well up over 100% since you bought it in 96, which... Again, it includes the 10 worst years of investing from 2000 to 2010, the worst decade of the last 10 decades. So I think he kind of survived and still got wildly ahead in the process. So I don't think it's awful what you did. Um, but if you're looking for a comparable index, I think maybe something like the Wilshire 5000 would be a little bit more diversified and not quite as large cap um, weighted. So the S&P 500 is an index that's market weighted index. The Wilshire 3000 or the Wilshire 5000 is a much more diversified rate of return. Um, taking a look at the Vanguard Index Trust, if you were to compare it to other issues, and thanks for the call. Yeah, see, it's it's kind of brutal if you compare it to anything else because it is a 500 index. In the last, good God, this is a fun one to study. In the last four or five years, they're ranked pretty high as far as what they're they're trying to do. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing, and they're doing it with very low costs. So it's really tough to, to criticize. In the last five years, it's averaged about 2.55% returns versus the category of 2.64, so slightly under. This year, they're doing slightly better than, than, than funds that are similar. Um, I would say the mistake that you might have made, Michael, is that you've put all your money into a large cap fund, which you need more than that. And what I mean by that is, where's the small caps? Where's the mid caps? Where's the international? So that's what you're missing as far as diversification goes. Where's the income? Like the largest holding here is ExxonMobil, Microsoft, Apple, Johnson & Johnson, Procter & Gamble, IBM, AT&T, J.P. Morgan, General Electric, and Chevron. And as those top 10 companies go, so goes your mutual fund returns for that year. And in this case, that 13, 14 years. So it's a lot of bet on large cap growth, which isn't bad. It's just there's other fish in the sea, so to speak. That's like, oh, good God. It's like using Mark McGuire as your first baseman and assuming that you can get, you know, Mark McGuire at second, Mark McGuire at third, Mark McGuire in outfield, like, Yes, you got a big beefy guy on steroids who can hit home runs, but he he can't play short, he can't play third, he can't play the outfield very well. He's an aged, decrepit dude. So you need more diversification. It's like maybe another example would be like filet is good. I love filet mignon. I love 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 a good piece of meat, but there's days where you need chicken, fish. There's days where you need vegetables and fruit as well. Eight hundred three four five five six three nine to get your calls there. Let's go to Kim. In Napa. Hi. Hi, Kim. You're a man with a woman's name. Yeah. <laughs> how, how's that feel? It, it's thrown me and a lot of people for a long, long time. Through me? I about hung up on you when I heard your masculine voice. What I was curious about was uh, how um, finan the financial, the banks are going to be doing, specifically uh, uh, Citigroup or Citibank. Um, I understand that the government's going to be selling their share of the stocks on the market here soon or have, which will keep the price down for a while. But, I mean, is, is Citibank in specific uh, something that's likely to be a $50 stock sometime? 
it's not going to be a $50 stock anytime. Um, it's a $4 stock, and what you're asking for would be a miracle of returns. You're asking for too much. You're too greedy. Let's let's go with it. Will it be a 5 or $6 stock first? I mean, first things first. Let's walk before we run, okay? So lower your expectations. Could it hit 50 in your lifetime? If Yeah, if you live another 50 years, it certainly could. But I don't think... The, if you go back to eighty nine ninety two, last time we had a credit crisis disaster in the United States like we have right now, or like we had in 2007, 2008, 2009, the recovery from 92 to 2000 was glorious for banks. And yes, you saw companies like Citigroup go from two bucks in 89, 91, 92 to 60 plus bucks. Now, a lot happened. There was banking deregulation under Clinton. There was mergers under Clinton where you know banks became brokers and brokers became insurance agents. We did a lot of deregulation, which helped get Citigroup to that $60 level. I don't think we're going there again because I think what instead of deregulating, I think we're going to start re-regulating. Will the returns be good? Yes, I do think they will. Do I think Citigroup at $4 is cheap? I do think they are cheap, and I do think they could be trading at 5 or 6 by the end of the year, but... Let's get there before we get to 50 or 60, if you're with me on this, Kim. Yeah. So um, they've. I think you're in a problem. Well, here's another thing. Here's where they might hit 50 or 60, because I should, I should throw this out there so you don't use it against me. If they do a reverse stock split to make their shares look like a $20 share, where they basically dilute current shareholders by issuing more shares, but they would, no, no, by taking away shares. But So if you had 10 shares, suddenly you've got one but it's worth 10 times as much. So a $40 stock would become a $40 stock, and that looks a lot more great, but it's that's financial engineering. So it wouldn't have gone from 4 to 50. It would have gone from 40 to 50 maybe in that type of scenario. But, yeah, I like it here. I think it's a horrible company. I think they've got a lot of risk. I think they've got a lot of headline risk. But I think it's a company that can and will make billions of dollars, so I like it. But it's... It's not the, the safest of names. It's not the cleanest of whistles. Okay. Thanks for the call. I'm not really sure what clean whistles means, but it sounds sexual to me. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Who wants a clean whistle? 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's the Rob Black Show, 910 AM. More stimulating talk coming up. Google Android against the Apple iPhone. Who's winning? Plus your emails. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. is the relentless pursuit of financial perfection. Get in on it. Keep listening to The Rob Black Show on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Just wrapping up some of the content that's kind of left over from the day. Costs are going up. Parking rates are increasing at SFO from $14 a day for long-term parking to $15 a day. That's called inflation. So the cost is inflating, and if we want to park long-term parking, it's an extra buck. That adds up. You go on 10 trips or 10 days of travel a year, that's an extra 10 bucks, right? It means 
little less money to do maybe a lunch, a little less money to do a gift, maybe a little less money to leave in tip money, whatever it may be. It's inflation. And the goal of this show is to fight inflation and get you to age 60 that you can live dignified. So you can love your sugar booger till the day you die in a dignified way, not in a way where you have to make a sacrifice, not in a way where you have to eat cat food. But you have to beat the rate of inflation. So a jump from 14 to 15, what's that, 7% jump? That's a lot. Did your salary go up 7% in the last year? And that's just parking. What about food costs? What about insurance costs? What about uh, car costs? What about taxes? Now you see why you got to save more. And you can't hide like a turtle. You can't put all your money in cash. You can't put it all in the bank because the rate of return is less than 1%. So if you see car costs, you know, parking costs going up 6, 7, 8%, you got to beat that. If you see insurance costs going up 30% like they did last year in the state of California for healthcare, you got to beat that. How do you do that? You have to expose it to risk. That's what the show is all about. It's understanding risk and reward and understanding that you're going to live longer than you think and inflation is going to hurt you more than you think and the government's going to have less for you than you think. Now, next up, Android-based phones outsold the iPhone in the United States for the first time last quarter. It's a little bit of a shocker, right? Google's Android-based smartphones accounted for 28% of smartphone sales while the iPhone accounted for 21%. Research and Motion outsold both of them with 36% of sales. It's a little bit shocking. I wouldn't have thought that research emotion would stay that high, nor did I think that Google would eat that much into Apple sales. So Apple needs to start selling their phone at Verizon as soon as freaking fracking possible because Verizon sells Android phones and the research and motion BlackBerry phones. They got to start selling them as soon as possible. And I did a story earlier today that it looks like late this year, early next year, the earliest for phones to be sold on the Verizon network. As far as, you know, again, I'm reading a lot of tea leaves. I could be wrong. They may have an announcement coming out this week, this summer. I don't think so from what I'm seeing. Anyway, let's keep moving forward with some of this content. Intel is hosting an analyst day today. And earlier in the show, I talked about Nike's Analyst Day on Friday and what it meant and how they think they've got upside and return on investment at 25%. They see earnings per share growth in the mid to annual uh, mid-teens, give or take, plus or a couple minus points. So where do I go with this? Intel is hosting an annual Analyst Day today. And CEO Paul Olini, he's going to be upbeat. He's not going to get out there and go, we suck. AMD is eating our lunch. Yeah, we don't know what to do. We're probably going to go out of business. Our chips cause cancer. CEOs don't do that. They come out and give you a positive, fresh feeling. Fresh as a daisy, which again, clean as a whistle, fresh as a daisy. All sexual innuendo terms. I think everything in the world has a sexual innuendo in it at this point in time. So he's going to be fresh as a daisy. And he's going to talk about the consumer. And he's going to talk about the enterprise. And he's going to talk about demand. Now, the CFO of Intel is going to, you know, remain upbeat. He's not going to say, you know, we're doing the best we can. I'm looking for some product cycle announcements. I'm looking for some margin announcements. I'm looking for some financial catalysts, uh, cheaper valuation, maybe a richer dividend yield. Those are things that would be attractive to me, especially in in a market that's a little bit on the freaky deaky side. So I will listen to the, the analyst call today. I will get the notes and I will stay upbeat on it. I mean, not upbeat on it. I'll stay on top of it. On top of it, another sexual innuendo. Everywhere I turn today, Myriad Genetics, Morgan Joseph, equity analyst, 
guy named Shiv Kapoor. He basically maintained a hold reading on Myriad Genetics. Ticker symbol on Myriad Genetics is MYGN. And this is a company I don't own, and I'm just talking about an analyst. And I'm trying to show you where some analysts think. Because if you can start thinking in that as an analyst, you can stop buying the press release. Because if you look at the press release on Myriad Genetics, you'd go, I want to own that. Uh, Myriad Genetics working to figure out how much one might get. It has a molecular diagnostic, diagnostic test, and basically it checks for the risk of breast or ovarian cancers. So skin cancers and colon cancers. Now, the company markets diagnostic products through the United States through its own sales force. Now, who doesn't want to invest in a company that does breast cancer checks and colon cancer tests and skin cancer tests and things along those lines? If you take a look at the stock, you're like, holy mackerel, this has been crazy. In 2001, you could have got this, or 2000, you could have got the stock at 10 bucks. Now it's at 17 bucks, slowly but surely trending higher. But an analyst comes out and he says, I got a hold rating on it. I'm not really all that excited. He said the maker of the test for detecting inherited breast cancer forecast profit dropped. They had expected to make about a buck fifty per share. Now they're looking to make about a buck thirty-five. He said that their earnings per share compared, you know, a little bit on the weak side. Quarter over quarter growth five percent is lower than the forty percent sales growth we were looking for during the last three fiscal years. So things are starting to slow. And Kapoor, the analyst who's following Miriam says it's poor macroeconomic conditions and low-frequency physician visits for the weak results. If you lose your job, you don't have tests done to see if you've got breast cancer. Because you, you lose your health care, and you don't want to go to the doctor anymore. We love our health care because we can go to the doctor. We know that it's going to cost us 5 to 25 bucks to find out, uh-oh, do we got cancer or not? So the job market, bad for Myriad Genetics. And again, you probably wouldn't have thought that, but it is what it is. Elsewhere in the world of business, frugal fatigue, it's called. What do you think frugal fatigue is? There's a conversation in the business world right now that you and I are so tired of going to Walmart and Target and being frugal and staying home that we're about to burst. So we're spending more at one step above frugal. Chains like The Gap and Urban Outfitters are starting to benefit. Now, shares of the Gap are up 34% since February. It's telling you that we're starting to get a little bit tired of it. We want to look like the douches that, that, that grace the covers of J. Crew and Urban Outfitters and American Eagle. So you can see that we're starting to shift money there. We're no longer happy with the, the T-shirt from Target for 5 bucks that it's a Jersey T-shirt. We're no longer happy with it. We want specialty retail. We want... You know, something a little bit sexier, a little bit more colorful. So we've been in our recession long enough. It's time for the turtle to wake up and come out of its shell. Another, another sexual reference. I can't get away from him today. So there's an underlying trend. Now, typically there's a lull in sales between April and July because we get back to school coming up in August, September, October. You get Christmas coming up November, December, January. Why did I say January? Because isn't Christmas December? Yes, it is. But people get gift cards. They tend to go shopping with those gift cards. So we've, we've started to see more buying in the month of January. So right now, I think frugal is, is starting to, to become, oh, we're just tired of it. We're tired of winter. We want sexy summer clothes, right? We want a little bit more color. So the companies you have to be careful of are the companies that like Hot Topic that that play loud music or that 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 have scantily clad employees or scantily clad clothes in the window. 
Because even though we're frugal right now, we still ain't confident. I know you're saying, did he just use the word ain't? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So we've got less disposable income, so more of the money is being watched by our parents. So the, our parents are saying, you're not going into Hot Topic. My, my little baby ain't coming out looking like a whore. So instead, maybe Old Navy, maybe Gap, maybe American Eagle. So there's still a little bit, don't get too far ahead of yourself, because frugal is still, it's still in our minds. We're not far from it. How about buying a new car? Actual dealer cost is elusive. Don't you don't you hate that? Doesn't buying a new car suck? Doesn't it? What's the invoice price? You know, it's just it's just crap. What's the dealer cost? Most new car shoppers know that if you pay invoice price for a vehicle, you're getting a bargain. But does that mean the dealer makes no money on the sale? And how can the dealer sell cars from below invoice? As they often do. Well, a true dealer cost is decidedly less than the invoice price. It's the invoice price. It is. Although how much, it, it, it's, it's tough to figure. It's an elusive figure. So if you pay sticker, you're a fool. If you pay invoice, you might be a fool. You want to pay below invoice. There's a, a website car called truecar.com. I don't recommend buying new cars, but I'm not stupid. I know some of you are going to go buy new cars. I'd rather you buy two-year used. But, for instance, an invoice price doesn't reflect the so-called you know, holdbacks a discount that a dealer gets from a manufacturer that the dealer uses to help pay the cost of financing its cars. Keep in mind, a, a car dealer can make money on you three ways. How much you pay for the car, how much you finance it at what rate, and the car that you turn in. So I would always say, oh, yeah, I'm going to finance with you. And, oh, yeah, I'm going to give you this, this, this turn in. And in the last second, don't turn in your car and don't finance with them. That's what I would do. Because they think they're going to make money if they don't get it on stick. And I would fight like a mother. I, I would fight like a mother watching her, her baby chickens. Do mothers fight over baby chickens? I don't know. I don't know. But you get the idea. So there's a good website called truecar.com. And if you're going to buy a car, you punch in what type of car you want. Let's say you want a Lexus 35. And it costs $35,000 sticker. They'll show you that a good price in a dealer near you would actually be 31200 and they'll show you that you're getting gouged at anything over 32000 Again, this isn't rocket science. They'll show you what a good price is. Now, again, you're not going to get the car for free. But you might get the car for close to no, no huge markup. And, again, they'll show you the sticker price on, like, the auto, uh, the radio package or the detail package. The detail package might be $800 sticker price. But they'll show you what the true cost of that is on the invoice is 250 so you now know that you got some wiggle room between 800 and 250. A lot of wiggle room, right? Just worth noting. And one final story of the day, and that's truecar.com, is there's a new Wi-Fi standard, and it's coming out. The Wi-Fi Alliance has got together, and they're certifying wireless industry standards, and they've got this new format for speeds of data going over the air at 10 times faster than what today's hotspots are at. So the Wireless Gigabyte Alliance, also known as the Wi-Fi Alliance, they set these standards, and then companies like Linksys, via Cisco, and D-Link, they start building new what's called Y-Gig to format upcoming products over the next couple of years. What this means is, what's this mean to me? Well, that this wireless gig coverage ultimately would be so freaking fast that you will no longer need an HDMI wire. You will no longer need any connections or any optical audio 
optical audio codes. So you will have a TV that your cable box can wirelessly talk to your TV. There'll be no cables between the TV and the DVR and the cable box. Cool, right? A world without wires. Where will this be super cool? How about your your iPod? Not having the wires from your ears to your pod? A wireless world is a world I want to live in. It's the Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. I'll be back in 22 hours. Me loves you. You can drop me an email at rob, R-O-B, at robblack.com, or find me on Facebook under the group page, I Hate Rob Black. It's always taste, taste, taste. You're happy. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.